Hey, you all. Welcome to Active and Connected Families. It is May, and in five days on the Tuesday after Memorial Day, I am so excited because it means that it is the beginning of Summer League swim team across Virginia, I think. And I know that as a child psychologist, as a swimmer, and as a parent, that I am about to embark on truly the most fruitful experience of social and emotional growth for my children that I could ever dream for. Yes, I think school is a great place for kids to learn, but I also think the pool is a great place for kids to learn. And so in this episode, I'm going to tell you all of the reasons why I think Summer League Swimming is ripe with developmental opportunities, why I'm so excited, and also give you some nostalgia for Summer League Swimming for those of you who love it like me. So many of you know that I did swim growing up. I was a competitive swimmer. And I see a lot of swimmers in my mental health practice. But what some of you don't know is that even though I grew up on a summer league team, I was never one of those pool rats that spent all day at the pool. Those kids that look all tan, they're always at the snack bar. They always have someone to talk to and they're like hanging out with the older kids. I always saw those kids and was jealous of them. And I think I was accurate in picking up that they had something special going on that I did not have. So when my oldest, Cole, turned three, I marched myself down there, even though we couldn't afford it at all, and I put him on the swim team at the local pool as fast as I could because I wanted to give him that opportunity that I didn't have growing up, and also because there were the swimming part that I wanted him to have as well. And to be honest with you, even though I know swimming so well and I'm so comfortable on the pool deck, it was really, really hard for me. The social part was really hard. There was always seemed to be parent clicks, and I couldn't quite figure out how to make friends at the beginning, and I just didn't feel a part of it. And my friend and I even said to us, to ourselves at one point, if we don't find our people this year, like this is the last year we're committing to this place, because otherwise we're going to go out and we're going to find another community because this just isn't hitting it for us. And luckily and thankfully, I'm so, so grateful that in that year, we made it through all of the awkwardness and all of the, you know, lost goggles and like pulling my kids out of the pool. Also, by the way, it's really embarrassing to be a child psychologist and have your kid just not follow your directions when you're telling them to get out of the pool. That's me. That's fine. I own it. There we are. But through all of the awkwardness and all of that anxiety in front of other people, the pool and summer league swimming has become what I've always known that it can be for my kids. And it's a place where they're independent, they are a responsible member of a community, and they feel so, so special when they're there. And that means the world to me. And it's to the point truly that Robbie, my youngest, invites 20-year-olds to his birthday party because he thinks it's appropriate. And you all, they show up for him because they actually have true relationships. So if you're in a spot where you're thinking about joining a summer league team, or if you are on a summer league team and you don't know how to totally break in, or even if you're a true pool rat and just want to understand why it's so magical, take a listen to this podcast. I'm going to give you all the psychological jargon about social emotional growth and developmental milestones. I'm also going to give you some strategies to help you and your kids capitalize on this truly, truly magical part of their lives. You all get ready It's going to be a great summer. Active 
Active and Connected Families is a smart, relatable conversation with me, Dr. Amanda Sovic-Johnston, child psychologist, mother of three, and entrepreneur. I've spent my career providing family therapy and supporting high-achieving mothers, and maybe even more hours with my girlfriends trying to figure out how we can all feel more confident in our work and our relationships. And you all, there's one thing I've noticed. We're all struggling in some of the same places and we're all looking for some down-to-earth advice that we can actually use. So on Active and Connected Families, I'll share some of the insights I've learned, strategies for those daily fights about laundry, some expert perspective on the bigger issues like the mental health crisis, and me chatting with my therapist friends about how we can all feel a little more active and connected in our lives. Throughout, I hope to make you laugh at least once, but I know I'll leave you with something that'll help you become a better parent and maybe even person. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, you all, before I start, I want to highlight that summer league swimming can definitely feel like a thing. It can be really intense or can be not intense, but there's a lot of people who make it really intense. So if it's something that works for you and it's something that works for your kid, that's amazing. And if it doesn't work for you and it doesn't work for your kid, that's amazing too. You are going to find whatever fills that part of your child's life in time. It might be worth listening to this podcast to just see what parts of, you know, the summer magic of the pool can be useful for you to integrate into other parts of your kid's life. And also what parts do you want to lean into and what parts do you just not want to worry about right now? So just take it, think about it and realize there's a lot going on at the pool and wherever you are is totally fine. So first of all, when we're talking about why is summer league so magical, it's at baseline, it's safety. Our kids are going to be so much more confident if they can swim well, and we will be able to relax more around bodies of water. Enough said. Number two, and this one's a little more psychological, is that there is a concept called the third place that psychologists and sociologists are are actually sort of freaking out about right now. And that's because as a society, we are desperately missing them. The third place is a place that isn't home and it's not work. And it's a place where we can be together, usually unplanned, like a park or a gym. Or if you're like my family, we're watching Cheers right now. Guys, Cheers is the ultimate third place. And a lot of the third places and the routines around them have shut down during COVID and they're being replaced with virtual third places, right? So people are going on TikTok, people are going on Instagram, and we all know that those third places can have detrimental effects. We as human beings are wired to be in community and without these third places, we're not able to access them. And the pool, you all, is the ultimate third place for everyone in the family. Now, I'm generally too non-committal to make plans for Friday nights. I'm always like, who knows if I want to go out? Who knows if I want to stay stay in? I don't want to commit in case I'm not in the mood on that Friday night. And the pool allows me to stay in that non-committal stance, which is terrible because I don't need anything to help me be in that spot. But I can stay in my non-committal stance until the very last minute. And usually what's going to happen is I'm going to drag my kids have a beer or two with the neighbors at the pool that I might not even know so well. And I'm going to leave feeling more connected than I would have that day. 
I didn't have to make plans. I didn't have to really commit to something. I could have not done it if I wanted to, but there's a place that I can go and show up and develop connections with people. And that's the ultimate in mental health. And if you listen to my podcast about making friends and developing community relationships, you know that in order to do that in a way that feels really good for us, you have to run into people in planned and unplanned ways to develop new friendships. And the pool is the ultimate space for that. And if you want the honest truth, y'all, is I feel like I've had a little bit of a weird April personally. I know that I have friends and I could go out if I want to, or if I would put some energy into planning it. But because I'm so non-committal and I'm tired sometimes, and then I like want to go out and party sometimes because I don't know where I'm going to be. I haven't been doing a really good job of making plans and following through. And I really don't have the energy to make those plans when I feel like I'm planning so many other things in work and parenting and life and all that stuff. And truly, on a Friday night, if I decide at the last minute that I want to go out and my kids are like, I want to stay home, I will like get mad at them, which isn't fair. I'm trying to not take it out on them. I think it's like an internal madness. Um, But anyway, this pattern I recognize is happening frequently for me, especially through April. And I had been thinking it was a problem with me. Until the pool had an open house last week, y'all, and I realized that this isn't a problem with me. This is a problem with not having the third place in our societies. It's not there. We are supposed to be able to go out on the street and run into people. We're supposed to be able to go to the bar if we want to, you all, and run into people and make connections. And with the absence of that third place, we have been struggling across the board psychologically. And the pool, I do think, is something that helps us all feel better and is filling in that gap socially. Number three, y'all, is the independence that our kids are going to develop when they're at the pool. Once your kid knows how to swim, the pool and everything within the fence around it becomes a place where they can explore, they can take risks, and it's a generally, hopefully, safe environment. And we all know that we're living in a world where no matter how much we fight it, and believe me, I'm fighting it and I'm still sucked in, our kids are going to spend most of their time in organized groups with structures that are all adult-led. And for the summer, our kids can finally have that child-led play. And even if it is a swim coach who's doing some of that child-led play, a lot of the times the swim coaches are like 14. So I kind of consider that child-led play. They get to choose if they want to swim, if they want to go to the playground, if they want to order their own food from the snack bar, if they get bored, and if they need to find something to do, all while you're there, but not hovering over their every move. If they make a mistake, they learn how to fix it. If they're nervous, they learn how to self-regulate and choose what's within their comfort zone. Truly, they become independent beings with you in arm's length, but not right on top of them making it easier for them every second of the way. In short, you all, our kids learn self-awareness and confidence about who they are and what they can do while they're at the pool. To be honest with you, my kids have learned that if they look cute enough and they know how to spell my name right, then they can have as many ring pops as they want at the snack bar, which actually isn't true. I'm doing my best to come up with a strategy where they cannot just eat whatever they want to all summer. Um, but 
if they have just learned that confidence and that savviness to just be able to go do that, that actually seems great to me. When they get older, it's going to get a little more complicated. I'm sure they're going to be wandering around, maybe trying to make out with someone. Again, it's in a safe place and I feel okay with them making those explorations in this safe place with me close by, but not so close that I'm hovering. Number four, the summer swim team also allows kids this beautiful opportunity to develop their identity and explore their identity or like who they really are. Because we all know, and it is very normal, that being around different people brings out different parts of ourselves. And what becomes consistent across settings can sometimes be more consistent for us, but also we can learn more about one part of ourselves if we're spending time with a different group of kids. And at summer swim team, kids are around a different group than they usually go to school with. And being around a different group is going to allow them to try on a new part of themselves or get a reprieve from a role that they play in their school group. So for instance, you might have a kid that feels bullied at school. But when they're in this different group of the swim team with kids that they've known forever, they might be celebrated. Or you might have a kid who wants to try out a new hairstyle, or they want to try out new makeup, or they want to try out a new gender, and they're too nervous to really step out at school, which feels a little more serious. The pool can feel safer and as an opportunity to try something new on in a different group that's not going to feel as lockstep as important because it's not related to the normal 10 months of their year. This is why study after study highlights that sleepaway camp can really improve identity development for teenagers. The same thing can be true for the pool. And for me, this can be highlighted more than at the limp sync for our pool Y'all, the lip sync is really just a talent show that we call a lip sync. I don't even know. But kids of all ages, 4 to 18, get on a stage and they sing and dance and they perform in front of hundreds of people. It's really, really amazing. Um, And no matter what they do, the crowd and the team is behind them, supporting them, hooting and hollering for them. I cry every year because of how brave these 16, 18, seven-year-olds are to go up there and just perform for us. It's so beautiful. I do have one embarrassing story, which is when Robbie was four, and I'm really not lying about this. He got up on stage and made up a, a crazy story in which he truly killed everybody in the story. So he he went up there and was like, I went to a farm and I saw you, Cole, there and I killed you. And then he would point at another kid and say, and I killed you. It was mortifying as a child psychologist, but I promise you the team was there for it. The nine, 10 year olds had a ball listening to it. The parents looked at me awkwardly. It is what it is. But the point is, is that he was supported despite being so morbid and dark. And that kind of bravery, not Robbie's, but the real singers and performers, that kind of bravery that it takes for the kids to step outside of their comfort zone is so beautiful. And the support that they get when they do it ensures that they're going to step out of their comfort zone again, right? So if they were nervous about telling a crazy story on stage, 
Robbie got a great reaction, y'all. And guess what? Now all he wants to do is be on stage because people were so supportive. So we're encouraging our kids to take risks in different parts of their identity and allowing them the freedom in a supportive environment to explore all parts of their identity. It's so beautiful. And as a part of developing identity for kids and teenagers, pools are one of the only places that 14-year-olds can get jobs, whether it's in the snack bar or the grounds crew, or if they are a junior swim coach, which is what I did forever. There is this really, really weird time between when your kid was at camp when they were like 11, and now they're 12, 13, 14, and they're not old enough for a job yet. So that's where the pool comes in. I've watched hundreds of teenagers and their families try and find a job that meets the family needs. Because also 14-year-olds, we have to drive them around, y'all. And really the best place for so many folks is the pool. Also, if they make a mistake on the job, you have a relationship with their bosses. You have a relationship with that institution and you can help them learn from it. So really a great and beautiful part of being a part of a pool community is the job the job opportunities it's going to offer your 14-year-old. Whoever thought I would say that? So now I'm going to get to the part that I like the best about the swim team, and that is the relationships that my kids develop with everyone there. They develop relationships with people that are older than them, younger than them, their same age. And I am so fortunate because I also get to develop relationships with the people that they are close to and we develop a new sort of family together. Swim team is probably the only sport where four-year-olds are on the same team as an 18-year-old, and they're all in the same place at the same time, and they all have the same amount of importance. And so four-year-olds and 18-year-olds and everything in between are interacting naturally and with excitement and with fun. And what that means is that our young kids are going to go to the pool and they're going to learn social skills. They're going to develop role models and they're going to feel so special when someone older knows their name. It's going to help them figure out who they want to be and how to be kind in this world. There are junior coaches to look up to. There are fast older swimmers. They're just kids that are super, super nice. And all of them have a ton of time and space in the summer to be there with our children. And then one day, and I'm truly like on the brink of this, um, our kids are going to get just a little bit older and we're going to notice that our kids are the ones that are being really, really nice to the younger kids on the team. Our kids are the ones that are taking the four-year-olds and making them laugh. And then our kids are the ones who are becoming just like the older kid who was their role model. There's such a clear path towards becoming who you used to respect so much. And there's so much pride that kids can take in that. And these are the values that we want our kids to learn, right? We want our kids to be proud of being kind and be proud of being warm. And we want them to be supportive towards their community. We want them to clean up after themselves in their home, which is the pool. And if if these values are being transmitted accurately and celebrated well within your swim team community, your kids are going to remember these values as 
happening during their happiest, most confident, and self-aware times of their lives. And in psychology, we call that saliency. When our kids are really happy or something really important is happening for them, and they realize these values are related to something that is really, really important for them, it's going to be more likely that they will remember and carry on those values. So if your pool is valuing kindness, support, energy, exercise, warmth, volunteering, whatever those things are, and your kids feel happy, your kids are going to integrate that to who they want to become all the time as they get older. Now that I'm done being cheesy, which I think I am, um, I'm going to give you some strategies on how to get there for your family and for your kids because it does take some work and commitment. And I have some strategies that I talk to lots of new parents about all the time just because everyone wants to kind of figure out how to do it. And it's really normal that it's hard. It was hard for me. So I'm just going to tell you some of the things that I did. First of all, I want to acknowledge that some pools can be really expensive, and that is prohibitive to a lot of folks. I grew up swimming at a public city pool, and I have a ton of great memories there. So definitely look into those options if that is what you need to do. In the same vein, there's also some privilege around being able to commit to being at the pool for the summer. It really depends on childcare, and ours have gone to camp at our pool for years, so that's been the childcare that I use. And it really depends on the flexibility that we as parents do or don't have at different stages in our life. Honestly, as I have gotten older, I've learned that I love the summer so much, and I've been able to adapt my work schedule to allow myself to be more available during the summer. And that's just me. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And I'm really aware of the privilege in that. And so I just want to say that out loud to everyone. Number one strategy is though, the more you put in, the more you're going to get out. I promise you, the more time any of us are spending at the pool in this third space, the more the more relationships we're going to develop, the more confident our kids are going to feel doing something different, the more confident they're going to feel making new friends or in the water. So it truly is the more you put in, the more you're going to get out of this community. Number two, I always say do whatever it takes at the beginning of the swim season to help your kids feel successful. When it's super cold out, which it's going to be, give them a ring pop at the end of every at the end of every practice just for being there to reinforce them going. We want it to be fun for them, and at the beginning, it's maybe not as fun. So try and make it fun and try and make it successful for them at the beginning. You don't have to give them a ring pop, y'all. That's just what I use because that's a thing at our pool. Give them something else that's healthier if you want. And then once it becomes a habit and once they become reinforced by the people and the fun that's there, they're going to be more likely to choose to go. It's just about developing the habit and letting the natural reinforcements kick in. And in that, it is absolutely not about the swimming. I love to talk about swimming. I love to talk about times. I could talk about streamline forever and kicks off the wall. See, I already am. But that's not for summer league swimming, y'all. Summer league swimming is about the relationships and the fun and the exercise and the togetherness. So use the swimming as a way to develop the relationships. Ask about the friends they met at practice. Ask about someone that they were nice to or that was nice to them. Talk about the relationships because that's the more important part. Don't listen to me and talk about streamline. And also the other piece to really remember if you're helping your kids develop relationships is that 
If we want them to develop relationships with teenagers, we have to remember that the teenagers are also really, really anxious themselves. And so one of the things that I do, and I'm really comfortable with teenagers because of my job, but one of the things that I do is I spend a lot of time with the teenagers and I chat the teenagers up and I say to things to them like, oh my gosh, Robbie really likes that you're his coach or you made him laugh so hard. Thank you so much for doing that with him. Because those teenagers don't know if the kids like them either. And so if there's anything you can do to help them feel more confident, especially those 14, 15-year-old teenagers, that's going to go a long way. To be honest with you, I have paid for private swim lessons with some of the junior coaches just because I wanted my kid to develop a one-on-one relationship with a coach. Not Actually, they did need the swim help, but I really just wanted the relationship and that was the easiest way for me to help my kids develop it. And the last one is really volunteer. If you don't know quite where to be or how to make friends when you're at the pool or you feel anxious and that is very, very normal, or you don't really understand the sport and your kids love it, there is always a job for you at a swim meet. Just by being a part of it, you're going to be helping all of the kids who are having a ball. And it's so important that the adults help make it happen. And you're also going to be allowing yourself to develop new relationships and also modeling that it does take a community to make to make this community happen, right? We all have to contribute in order to make this work for everybody. And so that's a really easy place to make that happen. Now, you all know that I love swimming. I always have. And I really like the competitive part, but truly my best memory from childhood around swimming definitely wasn't winning a a race. I will say I do remember a feeling of confidence going up behind the blocks because I typically thought I could win. But my most salient moment, you all back to that word that I talked about earlier, my my most salient moment was when I was a 12-year-old girl And I had seen Susan Friedline at Chingapin Wahoos. I had seen her really, really be a leader. And when I was 12, I realized that I was really good with the kids. I realized that I was great at leading cheers. I realized that I was good at remembering kids' names. I was really good at helping them smile. And I really knew how to help them be positive members of the team and positive members of the community. And truly, I did think, wow, I'm becoming just like Susan Friedline. But even more importantly, I realized that I'm good with kids, y'all. And guess what? I'm a child psychologist. So that moment that I had as a 12-year-old is what helped me feel confident to pursue this dream of mine to be helping all of these people and helping all of these kids. And I just feel so fortunate that I remember that moment. And I feel so fortunate that I've been able to be a child psychologist because I truly do love it. And I think that's the beauty of the summer league swimming is these aha moments, these moments of saliency and beauty where our kids are going to figure out more about who they are, and that's going to help them become a better and healthier adult. I love to talk about swimming. I'm truly embarrassed. Thank you for listening. If you stuck with me for this long, I have a lot more to say about the competitive part too. Maybe I, at some point we'll talk about that, but I appreciate you all listening. I hope I will see you on Wednesday nights in Charlottesville. I can't wait to chat with you. I'm going to be wearing white because I think I'm a stroke and turn judge. Okay. I'll talk to y'all soon. Have a great week. If you found this podcast helpful, go ahead and subscribe and share. 
And more importantly, if you think you or someone you love would benefit from collaborative therapy, psychological assessment, or psychiatry services, you can find out more about our practice at Active and Connected Family Therapy, www.activeconnected.com. Again, that's www.activeconnected.com. Thanks so much for listening.